welcome to another episode of Wishtog's Big Pipe and History Podcast. Um, today's episode, we've got yet another new collection of music. I hope not to make this a trend of having a new, uh, <laughs> new collection every time. Although I guess that's good. That means I'm not going to run out of music anytime soon. Um, so we are introducing a collection from a fellow named John Walsh, who seems to be a country music. Like that's as big thing as country dance country dances rather so um we're gonna hear three tunes from his collection um already heard one the poof that's what we opened with this is from a collection called country dances selected as performed at court and all public assemblies and entertainments for the harpsichord violin german flute or hoboy with proper directions to each dance um printed john walsh catherine street and the strand so this is a um, so one of the volumes is supposed to be primarily Scotch dance tunes, and I kind of stumbled into this collection because um, the kind of older version of Over the Water to Charlie is uh, recorded in his collection of country dances. Um, so what we are going to hear from John Walsh, we're going to hear the puff, which we already did, uh, the laundry or hot pot, and then hot stick. Hot Stick is the Over the Water to Charlie kind of predecessor. Uh, then we're going to listen to James Oswald's take of Over the Water to Charlie. So John Walsh's collection is published in, I think, 1737 or earlier. Uh, James Oswald's rendition of Over the Water to Charlie is, um, I think, published around 1750. Like I said, his collection is from the 1740s up to 1760. Um, and then Angus Mackay, we're also going to listen to his version of Over the Water to Charlie from the 1840s. Uh, we're also going to hear Angus Mackay's take on Greg's Pipes, or Krieg's Pipes, I think it's Greg's Pipes. Uh, and then we will finish up with O'Farrell sitting for Greg's Pipes. So, a bunch of different tunes. I have kept these things. Uh, the last two episodes have been pretty long. So we're going to try to cut this one a little bit short. So it started off with the puff. Now, I took some liberties, possibly, with the puff um, by nature of being sort of musically illiterate. But looking at it, uh, I just really liked the way, like playing it, how I would play it, uh, like changing which things are sharp or not sounded really cool, uh, which is why it's included as the, the intro tune of like, this is probably wrong. Um, but yeah, the... Like, yeah, it's a cool... It's one of these happy little country dance tunes. And honestly, just looking through John Walsh's collection, there are so many just fun, easy, dinky little tunes um, that were clearly popular in, you know, English court, anyway, in the 1730s. Um, but several of these tunes are, are pretty recognizable um, as Scottish tunes as well. It's been a long time hunting... Uh, trying to find another Scottish tune that I could tell for sure was Scottish or would associate with Scottish stuff later. Um, but that's when I decided, hey, we can. it's okay <laughs> to, to only have whatever it is, six tunes or three tunes or whatever it is. Um, anyway, so that was the puff. Uh, this next one we're going to hear is sort of funny. I was looking through, um, like I said, looking through John Walsh's collection um, and came across this tune. There's a bunch of tunes that I just played and sounded good. Uh, and I'll probably drop them in uh, as we go along. But uh, this one struck me as funny. This is called The Laundry, or Hot Pot. I'm a big fan of uh, tune names that can be misconstrued as uh, food items and, 
you know, hot pot is just such an amazing food from Asia, uh, various persuasions. It's like the last, it's also one of those like dishes that's probably not going to survive the coronavirus terribly well. Um, but yeah, the last time I was in Toronto with my brother, we went out and I had been craving, uh, I've been watching a bunch of videos of hot pot and thinking about making it at home and just wanted to go out and get it. So we went and got hot pot in Toronto. It was amazing. And glad I did because... Uh, that's, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have a hard time feeling comfortable in a hot pot place, um, going forward. Anyway, it's just a big boiling kettle of broth with spices in it that you dip vegetables and, and thinly sliced meats and things. Um, but the main thing about hot pot that's so good is you've got this dipping sauce that you construct of, you know, chili oil and tahini and cilantro and peanuts and mm, onions. So good! Anyway, um... But that is not what this is about, clearly. Uh, the tune is called The Laundry, and then, or also The Hot Pot. So Hot Pot's a good name for doing laundry in the 1730s, clearly. But what struck me, it's an easy, kind of fun tune, but it, it just, it sounded exactly like a tune I had to play in middle school band, which I think I've, I've posted on Facebook to try to find anybody from um, my high school, or my middle school band, rather, uh, if they can ID it. Um, but I think it was this real easy tune called um, March for Percussion, is what it sounds like in my head. Um, and you'll hear it's a little bit different. Um, the Walsh setting's a little bit different. But in my head, it was uh, when we played it in, in middle school, it was, you know, it's such an easy tune because it's middle schoolers have to be able to play it. So it's like your first musical instrument experience in the States outside of the recorder, which they make people learn in second or fourth grade. Not good recorder, but just like a month of recorder training so you can play Mary Had a Little Lamb. So a tune for, you know, sixth grade band has to be pretty easy. And so that's what it was. It was... it's easy right it's obviously easy but it's such a damn earworm uh i remember not too long ago trying to track it down um and that's the thing that frustrates me is i kind of remember finding a setting of it on youtube and just listening to some other grade school band play it and so the fact that uh i can't find it as march for percussion now makes me think i've got the name wrong so if you also played this tune when you were a child and know the music or what the title is, let me know. Um, but that was a surprising thing, digging through uh, Walsh, is this tune cropped up, and it's like the same tune. So here's The Laundry, or Hot Bot, by John Walsh. Hope you enjoy it. Not sure. I don't think it's quite as good a version as March for Percussion for middle schoolers.
that's an interesting little tune. I didn't find John Walsh. Like, I, I found John Walsh's collection because I was looking for Over the Water to Charlie and uh, looking at that Irish or uh, traditional tune archive website that I've got linked in my tune sources. Be sure to check out that tune sources webpage. It is getting added to it pretty regularly. Every time I find something new that I think I'm going to play, I wind up adding it in there. So there's quite a few things. But I was looking at the traditional tune archive and it clued me into older settings of Over the Water to Charlie. And so we're going to check out this one first. So this predates um, the Jacobite Rebellions and predates the name Over the Water to Charlie. Uh, as far as I can tell, Oswald is the first published source that gives it that name. But um, by the time Oswald published, it was already a pretty popular dance tune and country dances in England as well as other places, or maybe just in England. I don't know. Um, but anyway, let's start us off with, um, I'm just going to play on whistle quick, um, the old setting for Pot Stick, which is Over the Water to Charlie, but uh, published in a 1730s dance music collection. So here we go, Pot Stick. So of all of the different settings, I think the transition from Walsh's to Oswald's, you can see there's like the the, the bones are still there. It's still very much the same tune. Um, the other versions that I'm going to play today are a bit different. Um, so Oswald, um, I don't know. This collection of, mo of tunes is great. It's, a, it's published in the mid 18th century and there's something, I really love it. I, I love the variations. Um, but I spent over a week, like, you know, I've become a pretty, I, I don't know, it feels weird to say that I'm a lazy musician since I'm recording a different tune every day um, and spending hours, spending hours practicing every day lately anyway. Um, but I feel like I've become lazy and that most of the tunes that I'm playing are pretty easy. Uh, I mean, that's why I like those dance tunes so much is that they were just simple. Um, but James Oswald's version of Over the Water to Charlie kicked my butt, and it's still kind of kicking my butt. Um, we'll see. I've got a couple versions that I'm half happy with. Um, I'm going to give it another crack tomorrow and see if I can get a version of it that's even better. Um, and then I'll say, yep, we're going to hear that new one. I did it better after taking a couple days or taking a break from it for a day and working on other tunes. Um, but so James Oswald's setting of Over the Water Charlie clearly uses many variations, um, lots of runs and um, just kind of classical music stuff. It was interesting. Uh, I was thinking about recording 
um, steam train to my leg because it it sort of reminded me some of the variations sounded sounded like it that Oswald does, um, which is that Mark Saul tune that. I didn't record it obviously um on highland pipes but uh it was i was thinking about it so one of the ways that mark saul opens that album mixolydian uh is by saying he's got this cool clip of a guy saying everybody's so worried about bagpipe music but it's a musical instrument it's made for playing music not bagpipe music and listening to oswald's kind of mid-18th century variation tendencies and realizing that that's pretty similar to a lot of the arpeggios and and kind of runs that Mark Saul uses, I don't know. Just maybe realize that that's the thing I like about bagpipe music, maybe, or, or something that we think of as really cutting edge is actually just treating it like an instrument. Um, I don't know. I'm still still working my way through those thoughts. Uh, mostly, I'm thinking about how frustrated I am with James Oswald setting this tune. Um, fittingly, Oswald wrote this intending it for. Um, you know, uh, an oboe or a fiddle or maybe a German flute. And this tune is not all that difficult on a whistle. I could play all the big jumps uh, and octaves and things on the whistle, no problem. But the playing them on Ellen Pipes kind of kicked my butt a bit. So here is uh, the Ellen Pipe take of James Oswald's Over the Water to Charlie. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, part of me thinks thought I was always going to play it, but the problem with Oswald's setting is like the very last, uh, the very last um, setting or phrase part, very last part has the most complicated um, has the most complicated fingering for Alan piping, and so that means that you can record the whole dang thing and then get down there to the last part and screw it up so bad that you have to throw out, like you have to start over and then do the whole thing again. And it's a tune that really needs to be, uh, I don't know, needs to be slowish. Not, maybe not slowish, but I kept on trying to play it slow and it just steadily sped up and the, the variations get steadily more difficult. And so um, that was a problem. But maybe variations can have adjusted tempos. I don't know. I should look into this more. I mean, Peabrock obviously has different tempos for the different settings. Um, anyway, here's Over the Water to Charlie by James Ellswald's uh, Caledonian Pocket Companion. Cool tune.
pretty big tune, man. I like it a lot. I keep thinking, I don't know, part of me keeps thinking. I mean, I was playing with a really good fiddler a couple of years ago, and he asked me uh, as if it made total sense and was an obvious thing, like, well, what's your tune? What's like your, your fancy tune that nobody else plays? Um, I'm not sure that that's actually a thing. Maybe it's a thing that Ellen Pipers do. Um, but as I was working on this, I was like, maybe this will be my tune. And then after like the end of the second week, I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm never going to put the time in to memorize this. Cause it's, uh, it's all over the place, but I've got it in my head real bad. Like I'm going to wind up playing this and just kind of pick and choose the uh, hybrid of the parts, which feels like a plenty honest way to do a variations, um, aspect of the tune. Anyway, so I was, I'm debating here between doing Angus Mackay's setting for the same named tune of Over the Water to Charlie, or if we should do a contemporary, so like published around the same time, uh, or the, the early time. So I think we're going to go, we're going to go time period rather than title. So I'm, I'm trying to do this in forward chronological order rather than backward chronological order, like last episode with Rock and Wee Pickle Toe. And so we're going to listen to O'Farrell's setting for a tune, different tune technically, uh, called Sean B. Um, and Sean B is so very clearly the same melody as Over the Water to Charlie. But of course, uh, O'Farrell, like I said last episode, O'Farrell and Oswald uh, feel very at home in like 18th century music styles to me because they both do this variations thing. So... Uh, Full disclosure, I was ready to record this episode. I was recording this episode, took a break, came back to look at some stuff, and found Sean B. as an alternate title for Over the Water to Charlie. And then I was like, oh, I recognize that name from O'Farrell. <laughs> um, so this is sort of me sight reading uh, and playing it. O'Farrell says it should be slow, and... I put it at 90 beats per minute, which feels like it might be a little bit too slow, so we'll see. I'm going to come back tomorrow, maybe, and record it at 96 beats per minute, but I'm also, at this point, my back hurts from playing Ellen Pipes so much today, so if it's still hurting tomorrow, you're just going to get the 90 beats per minute version. Um, but I don't know. What is slow in old Irish music and old Scottish music? Because everything I'm looking at online seems to say, like, well, if it says slow, you should be at 40 beats per minute. But obviously that's not the case. Um, I played through it again on whistle uh, and 96 beats per minute, which is on my metronome. That's right before it gets to, it's still in moderato or whatever. Uh, moderate speed. Hey. This is Jeremy from Less Far in the Past. So I did come back the next day and I did record it again. And I didn't do it at 96. I just did it. I just played it without a metronome. I'm not used to practicing with a metronome. Um, and kind of between when I recorded these and today, I've realized that I've just gone whole hog on the idea that it doesn't matter if variations speed change a bit. Like these are variations. Um, and it's clear to a certain extent that musicians had choice. So I'm playing it. I just played it through at what felt comfortable to me and kind of listening back and checking a metronome afterwards. That wound up being not 96, but 124 beats per minute. So I don't know. Uh, take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. So Farrell says it should be slow. I'm not sure that this is slow. I think to me it is slow in general because there's a lot of quarter notes in it, which is pretty unique um, in O'Farrell's setting. So here is 
Sean B at uh, the tempo that my brain wanted to do. I, I went back and re-recorded um, the other one too, and did it much better and much faster and didn't worry about a metronome, but it's just, you get muddled. You get muddled. Uh, I'm, my fingers aren't quite there to do those big long runs of um, eighth notes or sixteenth notes without it being at a slow tempo. But if you want to hear it faster, uh, it's going to be um, the Over the Water Charlie faster. I'm sure that's going to be the recording that I make for a tune of the day. So you can check it out there. Anyway, uh, let's continue with Sean B. Sorry for this interruption. Thank you. 
Yeah, so even though those aren't the same name tunes, they are clearly um, direct siblings. Uh, very similar sounds. Um, okay, so let's hear uh, Back to Over the Water to Charlie, this time on Highland Pipes, as dictated by Angus Mackay. And so Angus Mackay wrote this down in the 1840s, so just to like point out the obvious math here, um, the oldest, oldest version that we heard of this tune is published in around 1737, and this one is published in the 1840s. So we're talking a good 100-year spread for this tune being popular. Um, and I was a little confused, or concerned, uh, like all of Walsh's stuff, you know, he's publishing in England, and that um, says it's Scottish country dances in some cases, but it's English country dances. But uh, yeah, anyway, this this tune has clearly survived for a hundred years in Scottish and Irish settings, as well as English country dancing. So I'm comfortable saying Angus Mackay, even though he spent plenty of time in England, uh, having it on Highland pipes is assigned to it being popular in Scotland as well. Uh, the words are obviously, they're, they're about Bonnie Prince Charlie. You can find the, the words to this too. I'm not going to sing it, and I didn't think to ask permission to play somebody, so I'll just leave you to hunt it out. It's pretty easy to find on YouTube if you look for Song Over the Water to Charlie. Anyway, here is me playing Angus Mackay's version. He has no stipulations about it being slow, so it's a fast wee tune. Thank you, Mr. Mackay. Uh, to go out, we're going to listen to two versions of a tune likely written in the 1760s uh, called Craig's Pipes. Uh, there's a setting for it in O'Farrell as well as Angus Mackay, and it's a cracking little tune. Um, apparently, it was written by a Mr. James Gregg. Um, in his obituary, it mentions that... Uh, obituary in 1817 it lists some of the the tunes that he wrote um he was well here i'll just read his obituary from 1817 and air at a very advanced age mr james Gregg, who for many years was well known in ayrshire galloway and dumfrieshire 
as an eminent teacher of dancing. He was a manny man of happy temper and of considerable original originality and genius. He was remarkable skilled in music and performed with great taste and execution on the violin, and besides Greg's Pipes and Strasbays, which bear his name, he composed many other excellent pieces, which his modesty prevented him from acknowledging. Though he contributed to many musical publications, he had a taste for painting, mechanics, and natural history made and improved telescopes, had no inconsiderable knowledge of mathematics, and was frequently employed as a measurer of land until his advanced years rendered him incapable of bearing the fatigue. He taught dancing until, by old age, he could scarcely see his own pupils or hear the tone of his own violin. Anyway, so that's from the Traditional Tune Archive. Their annotation on Grieg's pipes... Spelled G-R-E-I-G apostrophe S pipes. There are so many different annotations for the various intonations of this tune. Uh, it took me a long time to hunt it down. So let us start with uh, O'Farrell setting. So we're going to go back to Ellen pipes here. O'Farrell setting for Greg's pipes or Greg's pipes, and then we'll finish up the episode with Angus Mackay doing the same. So that's going to be less than 45 minutes long if I finish it quick. So here is Angus Mackay's take of Greg's Pipes. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. 
please uh, leave a review on iTunes or any of your other uh, favorite podcast listening services. We should be on all of them. As I keep saying, if you listen to something, if you like a certain podcast, catcher, player, and I'm not on there, send me an email and I'll make sure that I am on there. There, that was important to say, right? Anyway, thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.